This is Everyday Driver, where we know cars are expensive and necessary and have to do a world of things. But we also believe they should be fun. Whatever you need and can't afford, we're here to help you find the right car. We're your car friends, your car therapists, and sometimes the bad influence you need. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is The Car Debate. Hey guys, we're back. Happy Tuesday. And we've just realized, as we've been talking prior to the podcast, that things are about to get quite busy for us. We actually haven't shot much so far in 2023. We shot a few things, but we've got a lot of things on the calendar and stuff is all compressing and post is happening. And so what, I, what I'm excited about is it's about to be on in a big, big way. No kidding. Well, good news, everyone. The 2023 Land Rover Range Rover has been redesigned, and there is now a Deer Valley edition. I was hoping. I was, for, I was ho- holding out hope there'd be a Deer Valley edition. Of, that, that sounds perfect, doesn't it? Well, I saw them. Mm. I was skiing the other day, mm-hmm. and I took one of the lifts up over the top of where they keep some maintenance vehicles, mm-hmm. and I saw a bunch of Range Rover autobiographies with a Deer Valley logo on the door, and I went... <gasps> What are those doing there? They weren't the red ones like Ranger was claiming they were built. They're only building 20 of them because they're special SUVs just for Deer Valley customers with Lindsey Vaughn and Ted Ligety's signatures on the cup holder cover. Yay. I mean, Ted Ligety is a local guy. He's a local guy. Ted yeah. Ligety yeah, is, yeah. is an Olympian, Olympic quality skier, a major medalist in skiing, and his parents are realtors in Park City, which is crazy. $166,000, though. I mean, it seems like yeah, no, a bargain for yeah. the Deer Valley. <laughs> Just because it says Deer Valley on the side. I mean, and this is funny because <laughs> you and I are of two minds. We really, really like skiing Deer Valley, but there is an air that's put on there oh, that we're just kind of yeah. like, can I just ski, please? Just ski. I'm here can to ski. You not. You have awesome ski runs. This lift works great. Thank you. Yes. Exactly. But also, Deer Valley used to be sponsored by Cadillac, and I don't think they are anymore. So there may be an opportunity here for Range Rover to be like, you want to be high end? Let's make a Deer Valley Range Rover. Maybe so. Maybe this is the kickoff. Maybe it is. And they'll have one out front. But there's only 20 of them to go around, and they're all going to be red, apparently. And they're probably all going to be bought and driven around Beverly Hills or Miami and not anywhere near Deer Valley. Well, yeah, but the the official color of Deer Valley is not red. It's green. It's yes. green. Mm-hmm. It's green everything it has been i think since the inception it's green green green. uniforms green everything Mm -hmm. it's green yes it matches the scenery Uh uh-huh why don't they make them green with tan? I mean, that's a classic color combination. It's, it's well, you could yeah, you lean so into classy. the Britishness of it all. I totally yeah. agree with you, but I don't know. We are not marketers. Why didn't Range Rover call us? Because we are not marketers. This is part of the issue. Okay. Other things going on with us. We have our meetups and adventures. Keep in mind that the Utah meetup is already sold out. Was sold out like there was like a Amazing. stopwatch on how fast that happened. The pilgrimage to Europe is happening. We're quite excited. We are going. That is actually the first trip of the year. That's very, very early June. June is nuts in a fantastic way for us. There are still a couple of slots left. You want to go with us to, to the Nürburgring and Spa, you can still go. And the Colorado Adventure, the signups for that are coming up quite soon. You can find all of those on everydaydriver.com. If you go to the Adventures tab, you can find details for everything. Hopefully all your questions will be answered there. And like Todd said, when we do announce and release the Colorado trip for this year, all the details will be in the same place as well. We always recommend that one of the first upgrades you should do to your vehicle is brakes. An upgraded braking system can transform a vehicle's performance and give you better peace of mind behind the wheel in any situation. From the track to the trail, even your morning commute, every vehicle deserves performance brakes at an affordable price. No matter your vehicle and driving style, PowerStop has complete brake upgrade kits for you. 
Just go to PowerStop.com and you fill in your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder. You'll get matched with complete kits with components that are low dust, which we've seen, noise-free, which is amazing, and feature upgraded stopping power. We've seen great results firsthand on our cars, and we encourage you to improve your car with better brakes from PowerStop. Brake upgrades made easy. So for this Topic Tuesday, we're doing something a little bit different because there's been a lot of stuff behind the scenes that we haven't entirely shared. We kind of hinted at some of it with you guys. We wanted to share what we're calling the state of the show. We used to do this a while back. We did it the first couple of years of the podcast. We did it as an end-of-the-year thing. We haven't done it in a while, but there's been a lot of little changes. Some of them actually seemed major when they first came down the line. They're so like, what are we going to do? And they're like, oh, we'll just do this. So you guys have to know that between SEMA last year, November of last year, and essentially the end of January this year. There's been a lot of behind-the-scenes machinations for us. We just wanted, because you guys are following along and you're watching the videos and listening to the podcast, we wanted to kind of lay it all out in one place so you understand what's going on at the brand. But the headline is, you're still going to have everyday driver stuff, all the places you've normally had it, with the possible exception of TV. We are thankful to be able to do this. It, it wasn't something Todd or I ever saw coming, and it is only because of your support. So thank Huge you, guys. Yourself. We really, Huge really yourself. appreciate it. But as Todd alluded to, we're not on the Motor Trend Cable Channel in 2023. We lost a couple of sponsors, and one of them was primarily interested in advertising and being a yeah. part of that channel. So we're really going to focus on our couple of YouTube channels this year. Yeah, the Motor Trend thing has actually been really great for us, and there was kind of a guaranteed viewership there. And it was interesting I want to compare and contrast it to YouTube in one major way, and that is the way Motor Trend works. I know some of you are sitting out there going, cable TV? <laughs> That's still a thing? There are still millions right upon... Right next to pay phones. Yeah, there the are still millions museum. and millions of people watching cable TV, and Motor Trend Channel is actually one of the more consistent and has been for more than a decade. And they've got big and viewership, so, too. Big viewership. And so one of the benefits to this sponsor and ultimately, ultimately to us is whatever kind of piece we put out it would play about the same on Motor Trend. Some of them played really well, mm -hmm. but even the mm -hmm. average was really solid. So we could be a little bit oddball for Motor Trend. So that means we have to, as we're looking at YouTube, we have these two YouTube channels. We have to think about what do we want to do that also will hopefully get viewership on YouTube. We're still going to be focusing on our regular comparisons. And yes. that is something that we wanted to do since the beginning of the show. And it was always about... Where's the other cars? Mm -hmm. When you're shopping this car, where's its competitors? Where's its natural habitat? Yep. So you'll see just by virtue of Todd, what you have done for the show for since the beginning of the show. And that is showing cars in an environment that's suited for them. We're Hopefully. not going to drive the sports cars and the hot stuff in the middle of a city. Mm -hmm. We're not going to show the cars in traffic. Who wants to watch that? You've seen these cars in traffic. You've seen yourself. You've seen traffic. You probably haven't seen this cool mountain road, but traffic, I guarantee you, you've seen. Scenery and location is just as important as the cars themselves yes. being in context. Yes. And so that's still very much a feature for us and much, a very much of a focus for us. Mm -hmm. But we want to do two, three, maybe four car comparisons yeah. when something interesting comes out. We'd still like to pull something older. Say, hey, remember this benchmark? Mm -hmm. Remember this cool thing that we loved five, ten years ago? Sure, yeah. It's still relevant. Mm -hmm. it, maybe it was expensive then and it dropped now to the price of this new competitor. That's still relevant and interesting to us. And Absolutely. we know it is to you guys too. So that mm -hmm. will definitely continue as far as whatever we can think of. And like we said, the, the GR86 just recently left our lives, but we did as much as we could think of to do with that car. Well, we still have a couple other ideas we still might do on this, but I mean, there was a question from Peter, are you there actually relating to this saying he was asking if we're still going to do the TV style production for YouTube videos. Do we want to change this up? The truth is the thing we're excited 
excited about? This is on the original Everyday Driver channel, just so you know, because we have the Everyday Driver channel and we have Test Drive videos. These are our two channels. So this is the original Everyday Driver channel. So youtube.com slash Everyday Driver. We are keep going to continue to do these TV style big comparisons. And to what Paul just said, the thing about the 22 minute slot that we had on TV is that was great for two cars okay for three cars yeah. entirely too short for anything more than, than three cars so this gives us the opportunity to have a piece that's 30 minutes long 40 minutes long whatever the the length of it is uh, our road trips that we've been doing have struggled in the tv format because we have to at least break it into two pieces maybe even three mm-hmm. so this is the thing there is that we're going to enjoy the fact that we're, we're going to have some more leg room to be as long as we need to it, it's almost like if you watch a streaming tv show now all TV shows used to be exactly 22 minutes for your half hour. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. now you watch a half hour TV show that comes out on streaming and this one's 30 and that one's 28 and this next one's 41 and whatever. So we're going to be whatever length it needs to be to properly tell the comparison. But because I am so maybe too much hyper trained to, this is running long, isn't it? They're not going to be, we're not going to have like one hour pieces where we just threw a bunch of footage at it and went day done. 23 minutes is okay though. Yes. 23 is okay. 26, 26, 30 is even fine. If we have the content Living dangerously, I am, I am. Wow. I'm spreading my wings here, folks. Look at me. Well, speaking of road trips, what has really taught us about road trips, not only from a viewership perspective and the fact that you guys have given us such great feedback on them, is that these Cars of the Past series that are just ending, mm-hmm. the Cars of the Past number four trip is coming out very shortly, mm-hmm. but that has really taught us, not only do we love doing it, yeah, we have new ideas with new cars, even mm-hmm. maybe miniseries or short trips in different areas of the country. Yep. I mean, heck, we'd love to explore the entire planet if we could, but <laughs> You're still, right. You're absolutely right. we got to yeah. start somewhere, and that has really taught us how much we love doing them, and your response to them has been very encouraging for us. For sure. And so that is going to continue road mm-hmm. trips in different very, you know, places around the country with different cars. We've got, oh, we've got ideas. It's more ideas than we have money. We, we money do have the time. time. Yeah. Well, some, yeah. more, more time, yeah, yeah. but the money is, is still the issue. Well, and, and you're touching on something that I, that I want to head to right now, and that is, look, let's talk YouTube briefly. I'm not going to go down a whole rabbit trail because we could we could discuss YouTube. And if you go on one of our meetups, you know what? You want to talk YouTube? Let's talk YouTube. Exactly. One of the dinners on the meetups. But here's the thing you have to know. <laughs> the stuff we want to do, these big comparisons and these road trips, that's not conducive to the way YouTube would like you to make content and make money. They would much rather that the two of honestly, the two of us sitting in this studio doing automotive news five days a week would play more to what YouTube is actually asking for than what we want to do. But we want to have our names on stuff that we like. And also, here's the thing about the road trips. We want to have life experience we can share with you guys that is inspiring and enjoyable and entertainment mm-hmm. beyond just, well, we need a piece of content today. That's never how you and I have thought. No. And so this is the thing about the road trips and the comparisons. They're not easy and they're not cheap, but that's Okay. Because we enjoy them so much. And and chasing the yeah. cars and putting a comparison together. We know other people have talked about how hard it can be to put comparisons together. It is difficult getting multiple press cars. But we think it's vital to tell the story properly. And the road trips are they're, they're little mini vacations. They're all the reasons that, I mean, I'm, and I'm not comparing this, by the way. But it's all the reasons that we loved original Top Gear. All of us listening loved original Top Gear. Because the specials where they went somewhere were the ones where we're like, oh, it's a special. They're going to mm-hmm. go somewhere. I, have I been there? Oh, that's really cool. I've never even heard of this place or whatever. Or if you have, you'd be like, I've been right there. Yes. That's cool. I have been surprised by how much I've enjoyed these road trips on a level I've never enjoyed road trips before. I agree to that. Well, Todd, you've gotten asked a lot throughout your career 
are you bummed you're not doing screenwriting for Hollywood? Are you, you know, you're not doing sure. directing and screenwriting. And I've been asked, are you bummed you're not designing cars? Well, I suppose to levels in each of us, but this is a creative outlet for us too. Big time. Yeah. And that's yeah. why it's really been tough since the beginning for us to churn out crap or yeah. churn out something just to get it out there. Mm-hmm. This is our name and our face out there. Yeah, you're right. The internet is forever. And we want to produce quality work that will last a long time. And we're seeing the results of that now. Back in 07, 08, 2010, Mm -hmm. we talked about things like evergreen content. And those videos are still getting consumed, still getting watched, which is eternally amazing to me. So thanks for your viewership. But that's what our headspace is. This is a creative outlet too. Mm -hmm. And we put a lot of ourselves into these videos. And that's why we put the effort that we do into them. That's true. And then the other other side of the coin is we, we aren't blind to the realities of YouTube which is why the test drive videos channels exists because we're getting sent all of these press cars. Mm-hmm. Thankfully we're getting sent a steady sure, stream of press sure. cars. And so it's the two of us in the kind of this format that you, you like from the podcast. And so we, that has a totally different format as you've seen from our original channel that will continue. But for both of these channels, the original channel, which is doing again, the big road trips, the big comparisons, and also any of our personal car updates, those are on the original channel. Mm-hmm. And then you have the test drive, but in order to have more content coming out, because we're aware of the fact that YouTube is like, feed me, so you know pretty much seriously it's just pretty a constant much. feed me so that you're standing on a treadmill with a monster behind you going feed me anyway this is why some of the folks that do the do, it's like the dream the eternal dream the monster's just chasing you down the hallway you i guess never get away from yes it. i that's why so many people that do the same youtube video over and over and over look so tired because that's they've been funny. running for a while the treadmill's yeah. not stopping but this is why we're doing shorts on our original channel in some cases, it's repurposed stuff from our actual videos so that you can find the videos. In other cases, it's going to be behind-the-scenes stuff or stuff that went on the cutting room floor. We've never had places for that. So shorts are going on the original channel. And then over on our test drive channels, we're doing some POV, some point-of-view videos of us driving these press cars as an additional piece of content. I want you guys to understand that those are both being put out not as replacement pieces, Mm-hmm. not as well. We're just not going to do the other stuff anymore. The other stuff is paramount to us. For this sure, is, for a, sure. is a desire to continue to have a drip feed to YouTube because YouTube responds to that. It also brings us to the kinds of vehicles that we want to drive. Oh, sure. You know us for being asphalt enthusiasts. We definitely yes. are. Mm-hmm. We love road trips. We love canyons. We love street driving. We love racetracks. We're not off-road enthusiasts. I mean, we are. We're not off-roaders per Mm -hmm. se, but we want to drive everything because we're interested in all kinds of powertrains. The car industry is in a state where everybody's trying everything. True, true, yeah. Car manufacturers just want to sell cars, ultimately. Yep. Yep. People are trying to get consumers' dollars by offering what they believe the market is is buying. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we want to drive it all. We want to think of all these different comparisons. Sure. Like I said, we're not off-roaders. That's not our main area of focus. But sure. do we want to drive more pickup trucks? Sure. Do we mm-hmm. want to do SUVs? And, you know, that's what people are buying. It's very relevant. And I think early on we sort of limited ourselves. But mm-hmm. like I said, I, I think the, the future's bright for, for bringing everything. Well, and, and one of the things that we have really leaned into, I mean, watch our minivan reviews, our Carnival. Or whatever else, you know. Work if, that in ha- there. if you haven't seen that review, then that, that's not going to make sense it's to you. If you have, like you're now getting, laughing. It's almost like getting brickrolled at this point. It, it, it is almost like that. You're right. It's our, it's our equivalent. We really are seeking out what is the worthwhile or, or fun trait or worth buying trait of anything we get sent. And sometimes things are, are, are not that good. But other times we're driving them and going, you know what? Not for me. 
but we can see the person that this is perfect for, and it helps feed this podcast, which we really like, so we're, we're thoroughly enjoying that as well. Uh, one thing we probably won't do is drag races. <laughs> I was going to say, the trait that sells the car is the fact that it won the drag race, right? Yes. Clearly, because it won, whichever then that car. just means it's the bestest. Well, but you and I, but you and I talked about this recently. Here's here's the funny thing about drag races because they are wildly successful on YouTube. And if you have access to a location, this is the other key thing that happens. If you have access to a location where you can constantly drag race under your own control, which we don't have that, and other some other channels do, and they've been very successful with it. But if you have access to that kind of place, then you can do a drag race easily. It's very easy to shoot, very very easy mm-hmm. to shoot if you have the place. But We've all been influenced, all go back to UK Top Gear by, well, the drag race is this big dramatic thing. And it's been further back than that, but sure, we've all been sure, kind sure. of conditioned. But one thing we don't think about, and you and I have talked about this, is how the drag race was used in a Top Gear review. Oh, I like this. Yes. Because the drag race is presented on YouTube as, well, I mean, that car won. And so we, and, and, I, and I, when I say we, I do mean, I've, I was this kid, okay? When I was my son's age at 13, the car that won the drag race clearly was better. I mean, it, it just was better. Right. right. How, how on earth could the slower car be better? Well, newsflash, it can be. But here's the crazy <laughs> exactly. thing about drag races in Top Gear. They almost always had a drag race for a car they were reviewing at the airfield. But they used it as a pivot point. Watch any episode of Top Gear. It's always structured the same way. If they start talking about how great the car is, they're going to end with they don't like it. If they start with how terrible it is, they're going to end with we love it. But the drag race was almost always the pivot point because we talk about how great the car was and then we'd have a drag race and it'd get destroyed. And now we have to kind of back up and talk about, well, is this car still good? And do we still like it? Or it would win, but we don't like it. Mm-hmm. But it was used as an element to pivot the story. And now we're to drag races that were just drag racing just to be like, well, that car was faster. We should do four more million views to go talk about the car that was yeah. faster. I understand why it's successful. I do. But we're trying to be a little bit broader than that, <laughs> much to our peril sometimes. A little yeah. bit more focused. And you're absolutely right. That's a structural element in storytelling mm-hmm. rather than just for the sake of the drag race. Mm-hmm. And I admit, I like drag racing. I have been to the Pomona Drags, mm-hmm. gosh, 20 years ago or so, and I have stood at the Christmas tree in between the two funny cars when they took off. One of them was Del Worsham's funny car. Mm. Thank God I still have my hearing. <laughs> really, I, I sure, can't believe yeah. I was that stupid. And everybody there was sort of like, you want to do what now? You want to stand next to the Christmas tree? Why would you want to do that? Nobody does that. Yes, I've been that guy. Okay. And the tires are square. <laughs> you when the 10 disc clutch finally engages and it's fully compressed and you finish your quarter mile, you look down and you're going 312 miles an hour. Well, you can't look down because you Don't know, look down. there's no, no speedometer. Don't but, do that. Yeah. I mean, John Force's great joke was always, you know, those glass panels mm-hmm. right at your feet so you could see if there's an engine fire. It's like, oh, the check engine light came on. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Yes, I've got a buddy who's got Pontiac tattooed on his heart and all he tells me about is GM's line of engines. He knows more about GM engines <laughs> than anyone I've ever met and how they're using drag racing and why you want this cam profile and what that does for your power, your takeoff, why you don't need nitrous, why you don't need supercharging. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating. We have great discussions, so I very much appreciate it. On the other hand, it doesn't tell you if you'll like driving that car. I agree. Now, there's the flip side, which is I understand there are many people out there that just like to go to the Friday night drags. 
They just they, yeah. they like to take their car. They like to watch their buddy race. And and having been for somebody that, that has done you know minor drag racing against other cars, we brought for a shoot. We've done little stuff like that. It's exciting behind the wheel because you it, it's it's you know what it is. <clears throat> I hate to say it this way. It's the unathletic equivalent of a foot race with your buddies in elementary school. It's it, you remember those. You remember when you did those? Yeah. Like we're just going to yeah. race across the playground. Who's fastest? And it was exhilarating. You came in last, and it was exhilarating. This is what we do as adults when we can't run that. <laughs> fast anymore we're gonna drag race our cars i get why it's fun to do i i cease to see the point from a journalistic perspective but it is pure entertainment of just but then it's bench racing on video is what it is and when you used to yeah i I did this i was this kid you'd look at the back where they gave all of the stats and find the car that had the lowest zero to 60 and it must be your favorite car this is the equivalent on video so we don't do it I understand the benefits. We do do it, but yeah, that's not that's not our thing. Miata isn't always the answer. It, Miata, when it comes to, Miata is last. I mean, yes. yes, you're thinking of monster Miatas and flying Miatas, and sure, you can drop a huge engine in it, and it'll win. Or do you? But it still misses that, the point, though. Do you want to be going 300 miles an hour in a little tiny thing? Do you? But that very much misses the point <laughs> exactly. of a Miata. We're, 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 we're further off track on that than we should be. But all of that to say, what you've known us for is what continues because we enjoy it as well. So thank you to those of you that engage with it. I should talk about a couple other things, and that is one of the big things that's changing is obviously we're having to pivot to figure out how we have enough ad support to do what we do. Yes. So yes. that means a couple of things are happening. First off, you'll notice on our test drive channel, all of the test drives this year are going to be brought to you by Auto Tempest. They've been with us for a long... They were one of our first sponsors, by and the way. And we're very thankful to them. Yes. We, so they you have, know the Auto Tempest brand now, and mm-hmm. we definitely use it when we're doing our own shopping for your car debates. Mm-hmm. That's what we use behind the scenes. And they were our first season of TV. They were one of our first sponsors. Before they were really sponsoring anybody, they mm-hmm. were with us. And we're glad they've been with us so long. So Nathan and those guys are awesome, and we, we love them for supporting this show. But they've stepped alongside the entire Test Drive brand for the year. So all of the major Test Drives will be brought to you by Auto Tempest, which is very cool. Then on the original channel, you may have seen this when we did some of the 86 videos and we included some mention of uh, tires and we mentioned our power stop brakes. We did some of those mentions actually included in the thing. This isn't the thing where we stop the tape and we look at camera and we talk to you about this video is brought to you by. We're going to try. We're going to try. I can't guarantee to not do that where it's the full stop of the narrative. We're going to try to work the sponsors into the narrative. But those inclusive things, they're they're included in the narrative, will continue because that's a way to get sponsors involved with us, which is good for the main channel. So that will happen. And then here on the podcast, there will be a minor change, and that is dynamic ads. If you don't know what that is, there's going to be a few ads coming on this podcast in 2023 where it isn't us reading. And they may change over time. If you listen to that episode this month or a year from now, that dynamic ad will probably be different. It won't be read by us. There's not going to be a, we're not going to be the people with the 10 minute ad break. We're not doing that to you. But there'll be a few more of that. And this is just the financial realities of where we are and going, okay, what's the pivot to keep doing this? And we also thank our sponsor, Griot's Garage, not only for being with us as long as they have, but mm-hmm. for my personal opinion, they make the best stuff on the planet. You want to do anything to your car for car care? It's Griot's Garage. 
Yeah, they, we been consider them friends. Yeah, they, they, it's been great to hang with them. It's just fun to hang out with those guys. Some of the shoots we've done with them have been amazing, and, and that's going to continue as well because they've been great supporters of what we do. And I do have to say, Paul, you and I are the fantastic uh, counterpoint to each other when it comes to the Griot's products because thanks to them, your cars look as great as they do, the well, you know, certified Paul-owned. And thanks to them, my cars don't look terrible because <laughs> I put very little effort in and I have almost no skill. So the fact that my cars look as good as they do is not me. <laughs> You yeah. have actual skill to apply. Well, I'm not. And so they still practice. look good, and that is entirely Griot's. We may have a few more sponsors coming at you. We're always talking to people, but we're mm-hmm. defensive of you, our audience, our watching and listening audience. Yeah, and yeah. I just look at it from our standpoint, empirical evidence. How do I want to be treated as a consumer sure. of podcasts and sure. videos and that kind of thing? And so we're, we're defensive of you guys to bring you quality stuff and quality products and services. I, I love it when people tell me, like, I wasn't sure about Griot's, and then I got it, and that's all I buy now. Like, True. Yes. Well, but here, Agreed. Here, here's the behind-the-scenes thing, guys, and that is I, I really can't tell you how much we appreciate all of the deluge of emails you guys send us with car debates and car conclusions and did you guys see this and what about this news article? That's awesome. But you are almost rivaled by the number of emails we get from sponsors we do not go with. We get approached all the time by questionable sponsors, and I'm saying that as nicely as I can, Mm -hmm. who are wanting us to do one video or one shout-out or whatever for a brand that we're like, who is this? What is this product? We get deluged with products we turn down because we want it to be products that we believe in. We want it to be stuff that you guys, if you actually follow the rabbit trail and you get to it, you can understand why why we're using them as a sponsor. You may not like the product, but you can at least see the logic of why we went there. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. we seriously, anything you have seen on any YouTube video where somebody has done a one-off video for whoever, I guarantee you they've written us as well. And most of the time we're like, nope, we don't do one-offs. We try not to. And we want to have a relationship with a sponsor. And our sponsors so far have been amazing on that. And we're always looking for more. So support us on Patreon with your viewership, with your listenership. You can support us by recommending the show. And many of you have. And you've yep. let us know that. You enjoy the show and mm-hmm. just... Tell somebody else that does help and ratings and reviews anywhere you consume this podcast, Mm -hmm. anywhere you watch the videos, any place there is to rate and review us. We really appreciate it. And we know we're not perfect. We get things wrong occasionally. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe a lot, but still we work hard to bring you the correct information and excellent content. That's true. And we do read all your emails. One of the two of us actually reads every email that gets sent in from you guys. It's crazy, but it does happen. We do a lot of, as you can imagine, trading off back and forth of duties. And did you see this email? And, oh, you need to respond to that one. That happens all the time. And we love that. And we actually see all of that when we do these adventures. We get to hang out with you guys. And we realize that in many ways, it just feels like you're all friends. Mm -hmm. So thank you for listening. And definitely, yeah, rate, review, share all the normal stuff smash the subscribe button yo <laughs> smash it yes kill the like button <laughs> whatever it because uh, yeah wherever that's going and and maybe maybe your 13 year old will end up watching an everyday driver short one day because my son's seen like three of them which i'm really excited about yeah. three of them yeah like so three far. Of them. He, what does he think so far Oh, he's he's actually good or bad? he's actually quite proud of me for posting shorts he is he's, he's okay. like good job dad Good job. I saw your latest short. It's like, all right, thanks, son. Thanks. Yeah, but but this is, you know, that's what we're doing. Whatever car you're looking for and wherever it's listed, you'll find it with Autotempest.com. Autotempest.com brings together results from all the top used car listing sites online to save you time and help you find the perfect car. It even lets you compare with nationwide results from Facebook Marketplace and Craigslist, not just your local area. Plus, you can now get email alerts for your search, so you're sure to never miss a thing. 
You can even price and find new cars from nearby dealers. That's why Auto Tempest is now the official sponsor of all of our test drive videos. We use it to search for new cars or used cars wherever they are. When you're doing your drive homework, you're chasing the next family car, or just browsing so you can see what's available, go to autotempest.com slash everyday so they know we sent you. Auto Tempest. All the cars. One search. Elvedon is in Pittsburgh. He writes to us, questioning everything about his brand loyalty. Yeah, and this didn't go where I expected because he started listing off cars that, that he had, and I thought, oh, I see what brand it is. And then it switched in the middle. But now he's now he's in a rut. Yeah. Elvin, we're just going to call you L for purposes of the podcast. He has been following us for a few years, and when he found the podcast, he was thrilled. He could listen to topics and get answers to questions he had. But when somebody else presented the question, it's sort of like I'm just lurking in the background. That's fine. We accept all lurkers. Yeah, yeah, yeah happens. for sure. Yeah. But he says, he agrees with us, new drivers from episode 747 should be required to undergo and understand all the motions of a car, Mm -hmm. those emergency maneuvers and accelerations. It's the thing that many drivers haven't experienced and what that car feels like until they're in the emergency. Until it all goes wrong. That's the the worst part of it is you have to at least felt some of that before it's happening in an emergency situation where you, look, I don't care who you are. If you're experiencing those emergency sensations for the first time in an emergency, you will not handle it well. You won't suddenly be some driving God and be like, oh, I got this. You'll be terrified. You'll be terrified. And as you should be. Turn on the phone. I'm going to make a short. I got this. L has been a car fanatic since the age of five. He was born in Europe and lived there until age 13. And then he came to the U.S. And he could tell which make and model it was just by seeing the profile of the car. Love it. You are officially diseased, my friend. Yes, you're one of us. He's always intrigued by what standout features a car has over another. Well, fast forward when he got his license and we got to the U.S. in car ownership. He got an 04 Elantra new. That was his school car that stayed. Well, then it got traded after 75,000 miles until he got a used O2 Volkswagen Golf. He says he had issues with that before it reached 65,000 miles. And consistent issues, which sent mm-hmm. him back to Hyundai, which at this point in the email, I thought, all right, so we're a Hyundai fan because he got a 2011 Sonata. <laughs> right. And I was like, okay, so we went Hyundai, Volkswagen, Hyundai. We're going to stay at Hyundai. But no, surprise, because he only had that Sonata for about two years. He traded it in on a Honda Accord Sport. The Sport had the CVT. Been at 25,000 miles. It was totaled in an accident. Oof. It had maybe 60,000 when it departed. And now he currently drives a 2019 Honda Accord Sport, also with the CVT. There's the pattern. Which is the current daily and single car for his whole family, his wife and three kids, eight years, six years, and 20 months. Okay. Congratulations on your huge family. Yes, it's, that's excellent. The only good news of that story, as far as cars are concerned, is the fact that you only have one child in a rear-facing car seat. That's true. That is the good news. At least it's not like you know three rear-facing car seats, because then <laughs> we have, really have a problem. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. Fit side by side by side. With every car, he writes, there's been little cosmetic tweaks here and there, but with the current Accord, he's done the rear sway bar upgrades. Better brakes and rotors. He will look into getting the Power Stop Z23 in a set next, he says. Yeah, Yeah, you're definitely going to like him. Also, he's not going cheap on tires. Good. It's important. He says it's not a sports car. He knows that. Mm -hmm. In the 82,000 miles he's put on it since new, 
It's gone with the Michelin Pilot 4Ss in the summer and the wow. Alpines in the Pittsburgh winter months. Like it. That's excellent tire choices. You're right. You, you really shouldn't. And I say this is somebody that did it for a long time. Don't buy cheap tires. I did it. Uh, all of our Caprices in our family were all on cheap tires. Oh, they imagine, were? Imagine how much better they might have been on decent tires. You might have liked Caprices. I might have loved Caprices. Who knows? Wow. Yeah. Anyway. Well, then you had those Chinese triangle tires. I did. When I first bought my Saab 92X, <laughs> the person I bought it from, Gotta his winter tires with those triangle tires. were triangle tires from China. And I remember thinking, really? Because <laughs> we were in the midst of doing the show, and I remember looking up triangle, and the reviews were mixed. Mixed. <laughs> okay. But I did a first whole winter on the triangle tires. I was like, these are okay. And then promptly the next winter... Got Blizzax. But anyway, moving on. See, lumpy at first, and then you get some speed. Yes. Love 60, they're smooth. Throw some speed on them. They'll be fine. Right. Uh, well, ignore the thumping sound. It's going to be good. Exactly. Well, L says the reason he's currently debating what to do for the next vehicle is because the Accord experienced CVT transmission failure at 77,000 miles. The valve body needed replacing. Despite him strictly changing the fluid every 25,000 miles... Fortunately, Honda took care of it under warranty. It technically it's expired at seventy five thousand miles, mm. but he was over by a couple thousand, and they still took care of it. That's so, very bravo, cool. Honda. But that also suggests that I'll, I hate to say this, but a CVT failure like this is not some weird. Well, I've never heard of that issue. That's like, oh, yours went too. Oh, that. <laughs> I hate to say it, yeah. but there it is. Yeah. Well, during this time of waiting to get his vehicle back for three months. Mm. He had the pleasure of squeezing all five of the family into a 2022 Chevy Malibu, which surprised him because it felt sturdier than the Accord. And a Honda Civic, which cramped them, of course. And then surprise, a Tesla Model 3 dual motor, which was an experience his wife really quickly gave a notion of disapproval when his curious <laughs> curiosity wanted to see... How fast is this thing? How quick does it take off? Did you set your phone on the dash and like smack your kids in the face? Yeah, be careful because that can happen. This was definitely one of those moments where where she was like, what are you doing? I guarantee you he hit what are you doing speeds. (laughs) Uh, No question. Yeah. He felt more engagement pushing his Accord than the Tesla though. Mm, Tesla was no doubt faster, but that's very interesting. Absolutely. Did you drag race anybody with the... Just kidding. Okay. So now that he's got his car... <laughs> you should have videoed that's it, though, That's what you, you do with it, right? Because it's what, it's what they're great at. I they're agree. great at. They're, trust me, I'll tell you what won the electric car. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now that he's got his car fixed, he just spent his whole weekend at the Pittsburgh Auto Show when he wrote to us. The only car he liked was the Elantra N, but his wife wants to stay in the Honda family. Mm. So now he's debating Pilot, Odyssey, Pilot Odyssey. Interesting. What do we okay. do here? Right. Even his parents have said, why just not get another Accord? Maybe that remaining 2.0, since he's so comfortable and he's used to them, he knows Accords. Yeah. Hell, I knew Accords. Mm-hmm. I had an 86 Honda Accord DX, and then I graduated to a 92 Accord EX. Yeah. It was the cleanest one you've ever seen. I promise wow. you. Whatever you're, you're picturing, it was cleaner than that. <laughs> yeah. Sold that thing for 2500 bucks, man. At that somebody got a steal of a car. It's probably yeah, it still did. running out there and not in the same condition. You would not want to see it now. Yeah, I'm, I'm I shouldn't certain. see it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was good. Well, L says all the cars that he's owned have been front-wheel drive, and he'd like to get something maybe all-wheel drive, Okay, which made him start looking at Suburbans and Ford Expeditions. <laughs> what? We have a lot of kids that a whole family needed to go somewhere. Well, what yeah. about a Suburban or an Expedition XL from 2014 to maybe 2018? And the reason that's the range is because the budget here is roughly... 30 grand. But I love that the progression was quick here. It was, should we get a pilot or an Odyssey? I'd like all wheel drive. You know what we could look at? What about a Suburban or an Expedition? We are not in the Honda family anymore. Yeah. 
He admits they're bulky. Mm -hmm. Thinking about the long-term fuel bills, he says he's not sure it would be too much more than a new pilot or Odyssey. I am sure it will be more. (laughs) I'm quite sure. It will be more than those. You're right. But but he is talking about either way the fuel bills are going up when you go into a bigger vehicle. He knows you're going into a bigger vehicle either way. All right, 30 grand. How much can you get for the Accord, Al? Could you... I suppose you could trade it in, but you're going to get chopped off at the knees. Yeah. And even with this CVT replacement, the fact that it was replaced under warranty bodes well for whoever the next owner is. Sure. They're going to see that. Okay. Honda did the work. Honda Mm -hmm. covered under warranty. All right. So it's a fresh transmission, really, on a 70, 82, 85,000 mile vehicle by now, probably. So I think you should sell it privately if you've got all those records, which mm-hmm, you probably mm-hmm. do. Yeah. You'll get more for it. We'll say at least 10, 12, maybe? Probably. I mean, it's a, it's a fairly recent one. He may get more than that. I mean, he did acknowledge, and I want to say this real quick, that the Toyota Sienna is out because it's got a CVT that he didn't <laughs> like. Because honestly, he did kind of walk his way there. El kind of got there because he's talking about big family hauler. Gas mileage would be nice, even though he's looking at Suburbans where gas mileage does not exist. So he said the Sienna is out because it's a hybrid-only CVT. He doesn't like that. So is there something they can pull off? What I like is he's a Honda guy, mm-hmm. and his whole family, his wife and his parents are both like, why about, Why not just another Honda? He's which pressure. Which I have to say, honestly, El, I'm a little surprised because of that transmission failure that the entire family is like, Get another Honda. Gloss over it. I'm a, Ignore. I'm, I'm, I'm a little amazed by that. Yeah. I mean, if, yeah. if they'd all been flawless and like taken from you in accidents or something, I could see it. Mm-hmm. Okay? But this is a car that had a major transmission failure before 80,000 miles, and you and your entire family are going, let's get another Honda. That's not a story I expected, That's honestly. True. That's true. Well, your natural competitor is, of course, well, a Camry. Go with sure. the XLE or an XSE or even the TRD to get that V6 with the eight-speed auto. I mean, if you want the all-wheel drive camera, you got to get the 2.5-liter engine. But that's not where I'm seeing you go because you've okay. had cars. You have a family. You've got three kids. Mm-hmm. You've got growth here. You've, the kids are going to get bigger. You're going to need more, need more space. You're going to want more space. Mm-hmm. SUVs, my friend, are what it's all about. This is what everyone's buying, but I hate to say it. He's clearly leaning that way, yeah. It really does fit the need. They are really great. Mm -hmm. When you're looking in your situation, I think they're great. So my choices for you are all SUVs. Okay. Mainly because, like I said, they're going to fit your life. I feel like you're going to go, ah, and you're going to write us back when you want a fun car. So we're selling the Accord, replacing it with a single car for your whole family. But again, if that's the case, I feel like we need some space. That kind of rhymed. That was weird. That's good, though. Toyota Grand Highlander is the newest release from Toyota. Oh, fair point. They have point, not yeah. announced the price, but I don't think they're $30,000. They won't be. I can tell you right now they will not. <laughs> Even the base one won't be 30 Guarantee you won't mm-hmm. be. Yep. But what about a straight-up Highlander? Can you find one used for $30,000? Okay. Been out a few years. They yeah. are the good brand space. Good, yeah. We've liked those for a while. We like that refresh, the, the current Highlander. You can also look at other Toyota products, including the RAV4, what about the Venza? Now, yeah, the Venza is not hybrid. three rows. I'm and still not, thinking yeah, three rows. It's not very big because that's, that's like Lexus egg-sized. It's yeah. okay. It's, it's a yeah, mid-sized yeah. to compact. Depending. By the way, what is termed a compact SUV right now is not compact. 
So anyway, yeah. Language means nothing anymore. It means words nothing. mean nothing. Word, words, what are you talking about? <laughs> Definitions, that's irrelevant. Yeah. Exactly. Mazda CX-9 is on my list. The okay. CX-90, of course, is the PHEV that is recently introduced. We're looking to get into that soon. However, it's not $30,000. The new ones never will be. Yeah, that's true. Could you? CX-9 was good for a long time. CX-9, though. it's still good. Been around a long time. Got the third row. I think that would fit your life, and you would like it a lot. They're surprisingly good to drive. Where they yes. where they excel, watch our old comparison. Where they excel is as a driving ex- appliance. A lot of the, their competitors are not interested in good drive at all. The CX-9 is a little smaller than some of the competition, but drives very well. With your back history, Mel, could you consider Kia and Hyundai again? Would you allow yourself? Mm-hmm. Because as Todd so correctly pointed out, Man, transmission failure. Let's just get the same thing again. Yeah, and you didn't Wait. have big issues with your Kia products. Agreed. Yeah. The Telluride is our top choice. The problem with it is that we've heard people having issues with markup and with availability. Mm-hmm. They haven't expressed very kind words for dealer experiences, especially at Hyundai dealers, mm-hmm. and we understand that. Not a lot we can do about it, but still, as a vehicle, just looking at it by itself, the Telluride is excellent and would fit your needs really well. Again, it might be slightly over $30,000. But I want to encourage you. I know thirty grand's a lot. At this point, you're going to be... Uh, but I think with your growing family and your needs, I don't know that you would be uh, remiss. I don't know that you would regret buying, spending a little bit more and getting the, the vehicle that you really need at this point in your life. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I'm going to jump off of where you are there on Kia Telluride and Hyundai Palisade, which is the sister car. Mm-hmm. I looked them up because I do think that's a serious contender for you here, yeah. L. And the interesting thing is the bottom of the market, those are only a couple years old, 2020 is when they came out. Okay. The bottom of the market right now used via Auto Tempest is right about $35,000. And I'm not talking like, okay, here's okay. one. I'm talking about there's a lot of you them found at 35 lot. grand. Okay. And right. the 35 to early 40s, there's a ton of used options. Now, I'm looking nationwide, of course, but what I'm saying here is to, to Paul's point that trying to get a new one has been very difficult for the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. But now there are used ones out there and they're quite close to your budget. So I do think that the Telluride and the Palisade drive either. They have different styling. See what you like. The Palisade is a little bit nicer interior. The Telluride has a little bit more rugged styling. What's your what's your flavor there? That's worthwhile. You need to drive both of those because I do think you should take a serious look at the Honda Pilot. And the Telluride and Palisade are great competitors to the Pilot. There's nothing wrong with the Pilot. Nine-speed automatic. You get away from the CVT. That's good news. Lots of usable space. Honda doing that boat thinking that we so like, where it's like, where did they figure out all these pockets and all this space? The pilot does that very well. It's not that interesting to drive, but it is a very good, incredibly spacious family vehicle, and it doesn't have the dreaded CVT, so that helps. Their nine-speed is better. I will I will sidestep here for a second and say you've brushed past minivans. <laughs> L, do you and your wife want a minivan? Are you guys like hoping for that accessibility? Because as we've said before, nothing out minivans a minivan. If you need yeah, like true. throw the doors open, throw the kids and the stuff in the in the vehicle, and let's just go. We need lots of space and lots of access. An SUV cannot compete with a minivan on that. If that's your need, what I kind of sense from you is you'd like all-wheel drive and more space and still kind of interesting to drive. And so that's where the minivan falls down. Mm. So that's Mm -hmm. where SUVs help, which brought me to this one. Not the Honda Pilot, not the Telluride or the Palisade. Why don't you get a used Acura MDX? Drives better than that generation of the Pilot. Is a three-row 
it actually drives smaller than you think. I think that the Acura MDX, now the, the current ones, the brand new ones are out of your budget, but I'm talking about the one generation prior, which well, is probably where you'd be shopping generation, anyway. I think. It's the ones up to like 2019, 18, yeah, 19 yeah, yeah. anyway. Those are good. We liked those. I like it a lot. They're surprisingly good. So I think the Acura MDX mm-hmm. is a really interesting one because then you're, you're Honda adjacent at that point. You can see Honda from there, okay? But I think it is Still more interesting. one big mixing pot. Yes, I think it's more interesting, and I think it drives better. So there's, there's the MDX. And then I have a wild card. Okay, I've got one too. I just Good. thought of actually. Go for it. Look at the brand new Pathfinder, the Nissan Pathfinder. Okay, sure. I yeah, just, we like that. I just found you a 2023 Pathfinder SL for thirty grand with 22 miles on it, and that is a three-row. Mm. L, we liked these. Yeah, yeah the like Pathfinder has a nice improvement. Yeah, I mean, you've got choices in here mm-hmm. of various uh, trim levels and features. Yeah, look at the Pathfinder. Something different, something new for you, and we we did like it a lot. I was yeah. surprised. Yeah, for and sure. And the last Pathfinder was uh, wimpy. Yeah, it had a very soft feel about it. Was it was just wimpy. Styling-wise, driving quality, it was just kind of soft. Yeah, I feel like this one is back, and we do have a test drive on the Pathfinder. Mm-hmm. Go check that out, and that's my wild card for you. They're my, thirty grand, brand, uh, that's, well, practically brand new, but that's a lot. Slightly used, up to forty thousand miles. They're all there's a bunch on here. That's that's a lot of car for that. Your SV. My wild card is a wagon, and I don't know that it works because it doesn't have a third row. I realize it's five of you, so you could theoretically get by without a third row. But what I'm envisioning is you have three kids, and any of those kids brings a friend, or you get a dog, or you have to carry. Some, you're going to instantly be like, "Where's our third row?" So I think. This may die Here, because climb no into the trailer. Row. Exactly. But what about a Volvo V60? Oh, those are sweet. Go a couple years back. Those we have sweet. surprisingly good backseat space. You're talking about a Volvo wagon now. Really nice interior appointments. I think that's a good wild card, though I still suspect that SUV is where you're going to land. Jumping over to social media questions. Thank you for all these awesome questions. Anthony Z is on Facebook. I saw this. He's throwing elbows. He just his question just starts by elbow throwing. He's yeah. throwing sharp elbows. Yeah, he is. A definitive statement. He says U two is the world's most overrated band. <laughs> Buddy. <laughs> the letters are not directed at us. Though I though I do Anthony want to make, wrote this, not me. I do want to make a note real quick. Do you remember how U two was everywhere? Well, until, yeah. until the album they released for free that pushed everybody's <laughs> Apple products yes. automatically. And then they left and they like vanished in a puff of smoke. People were so <laughs> angry like, about that. It was like, yeah. when's the last time you heard about U2? Unless if you're a U2 fan, and I know many, they know. <laughs> but I'm talking like in the general consciousness, that happened. The entire world went, don't force music on me. If I want it, I'll buy it. Thank you very much. Right. And then they vanished. That's true. Wow. Well... Let's relate it, relate it to cars. Anthony says, what is the world's most overrated car and why is it the Land Rover Defender? Wow. <laughs> Elbows Again. everywhere, man. Be careful. It's got a thing. I'm Stuck telling you, somebody duck. Land Rover Defenders, to be honest, we have not yet driven the brand brand new Defender. And mm. Actually, a neighbor of mine has one and he really likes it. He had a Porsche Macan that he drove for 130,000 miles, mm. traded it in and got a $70,000 Defender and he digs it. I see it going past all the time and i actually i really do love the styling mm-hmm. they it's look great so appropriate they look great yeah but overrated i think it's because people don't use them for what they're designed to use them for mm-hmm. i mean you could accuse 911s of being overrated even the world's most overrated car sure 
Possibly. But when we go to track days, it seems like everyone has one, especially <laughs> when we go to Europe. Where's the GT3 dispenser again? Which It's in yes. Garage 6 because that's where they all are. But what I marvel at is the guys, even though they cost a lot of money, they yeah, do. Yeah. They're thrashing them within an inch of their life. Mm-hmm. Like they're beating on their very expensive car. You don't see that quite as much with Ferraris or McLarens. True. Or the other high-end. You're right. Very true. You don't see a whole lot of Lamborghinis. I mean, we do apparently inexplicably at Utah Motorsports Campus, and they're always by the side of the track broken or we've, on fire. We've seen a few. It's terrible to I'm say that. But throwing sharp elbows too, but yeah. still. You don't see a lot of Lambos out there being worked hard. Mm-hmm. You see 911s like crazy of all all model years, and they thrash them. I mean, tire rubber streaks down the side of them. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Beat the snot out of these things. I'm going, well, yeah, don't do that to such an expensive car. On the other hand, they're using them for what they were designed, and they're getting out there, and they're getting after it, and Mm -hmm. they're the ones having all the fun, and this is the car of choice. So, I mean, there's plenty of posers in 911s. It's all over Hollywood. True, true, true. But there's also a lot of people who thrash them. There's plenty of people who will go four by four and use their trucks, mm-hmm. but it just seems like defenders are among the worst offenders. I mean, back to this Range Rover Deer Valley. <laughs> I'll give you, you got one. a bit of mud on the quarter panel there. Go don't ahead don't that, cover the Deer Valley logo. That detailed. Clean that off. Okay. I'm, I'm going to say one that is me throwing elbows because I'm sure I'm going to get angry letters, but I'm going to stand by it. And that is overrated, too overrated, the current Toyota Tacoma. Okay. I just... I, okay. Mm. Explain. I understand. And we've seen it. We've seen it on back on, on like off-road situations where a Tacoma that is essentially stock is climbing over stuff that other things are struggling on. I am aware... Like scampering up I am aware yeah. that, it has, that it does really, really well off-road. Yes. I'm also aware that it looks cool and mm-hmm. is offered in cool colors. All of those things are true. It's offered in Lamborghini colors It now. is. So, I, honestly, uh, kudos <laughs> to Toyota. for. Fi- yeah. They figured out this out with their trucks, and I have to actually give them kudos for this. They start offering those special one-year colors on all their trucks, and now they're going to do it on their, on their cars. And you get into the geeks of a brand, they're like, oh, you have the 2015. And they know that because that color was only offered that year. You had one, and he noticed the sticker pack was gone, and the yes. TRD Pro was stamped into the rear sheet. I metal. got into a conversation <laughs> I was not prepared for at a parking lot by a guy who really wanted to talk Tacomas. Now, but my point here is, if you're not actually off-roading it, if you're not using it on terrible roads, it's terrible ergonomically. It does. It's not comfortable to be in. Yeah. And I'm not talking ride. I'll get to ride. I'm talking <laughs> the fact that the seat and the way that you sit in the car is an uncomfortable position, which lends to the nice styling, but it's not nice to be in. And then the ride is poor. Mm-hmm. And if you get the one you probably bought, which was the TRD Pro, because you probably bought that because you're it's, like, I want all the off-road yeah. goodness to commute in Los Angeles, it's one of the worst riding vehicles out there. If you're using it like a truck... On off-road situations. It's brilliant. It's great. Yeah. But most people aren't, and they will fight to the death that it's the car they should drive daily. And I'm like, it's not good for anything you're talking about. So back to this Defender anyway. idea, Anthony. I suppose that could be applied to anything. Maybe you're just seeing a lot of them in your area that are not dirty and therefore mm. unused. I mean, are Ferraris overrated? Are, i you yeah, see Ferraris okay. at Cars and Coffee, and they're sparkly clean, and it's the guys with the Porsches that are dinged up and pitted, and they drive them, and they're high miles, and man, do they love them. And, but, ooh, don't do that to the Ferrari. It's delicate. 
<laughs> Paul Cavanaugh comes in throwing elbows as well. I want to talk about him real quick because Paul's been with us actually a long time. Paul's had a lot of good comments, and thank you for being with us. But his question I find a little puzzling mm. because he says, why do we find it difficult to recognize there are many ways that cars are fun, not just speed and handling? And the reason I'm confused by this question, Paul, is because I know you listen to this podcast and you watch our videos. And we have had many times and we have enjoyed a car that had neither speed nor handling. I'll give you one, the E-Type. Yeah. I love it. I'd love to own one. Uh, it's a near religious experience for me to be in an E-Type. And it is not fast and it is not great to handle. But we've been in big SUVs on our test drive channel where we've gone, you know what? This is really great. Is it a sports car? No. Does it handle well? Uh-uh. Is it super powerful? <laughs> nope. But we still really like it. That's true. So we have, we have had plenty of cars we've talked about that we recognize the fun. And I'll also go here. Watch our road trip pieces. Mm. Now, we're driving sports cars, and we're loving driving our sports cars, but the reason we enjoy those trips is not because we are at the edge of capability for handling, and did you see me go 130? Right. We're right. driving slowly through a national park going, can you believe we're here? Yeah, look out the window. Yeah, so I know it happens. I'm just confused by the question. Oh, you're right. I mean, Paul, we've acknowledged many times people find it fun to restore cars. Yep. Or do their own maintenance. I mean, I love to wash cars by hand, especially beautiful cars. You really do, yeah. Because I can feel the surfaces as clearly evidenced in my one bucket method wash video. Yes, that was controversial, yeah. Yes, mm -hmm. it is. Cars are beautiful to draw, photograph, observe while stationary. That's why I went to design school. I earned a Bachelor of Science undergraduate <laughs> degree in car design. Which wasn't about driving them. No. Yeah, that's true. Good I mean, point. That's why Todd directs our film shoots and finds all these beautiful angles of cars, whether they're in motion or not. So I feel like we recognize it all the time, but I'm confused, but okay. All right. Uh, Traden, I'm going to throw elbows at you. Sorry, buddy. You're writing in locally. <laughs> you said, at what point is all-wheel drive the answer? Now, this is an interesting question, actually, because he says he's a big supporter of drive what you want on good tires. But as of last week in Ogden, Utah, right here in our backyard, he's had two or three days that made him really question his rear-wheel drive choice. He drives, this is key, he drives a 2019 Dodge Challenger Scat Pack wide body. Mm. And he's got brand new, listen close folks, brand new Continental Extreme Contact All Seasons. <clears throat> ease the, my way into the pool the here. The throat clearing happened. Yeah, okay, so here's, here's the thing, Trayden. That's a cool car, man. And I am thrilled that you bought it. I am thrilled that you're driving it year-round, and I applaud you. We are having, and this isn't news to anybody listening, especially not Trayden, we are having one of the most epic snow years in a decade. Easy. And Easy. I have been amazed. Even on cars with winter tires, this year has been slick, and sometimes scary slick. Mm -hmm. Okay? So this is just a heavy snow year with very slick snow falling and getting on the roads. Utah does a great job of clearing roads. They throw a lot of salt down. They have like guys that do like formation driving with snow plows, and they go by, and you're like, that was amazing. Okay? So cool stuff happens here to clear off stuff to make cars viable. But your number one issue here is your all seasons. It's not the car. It's the all seasons. Now, you said you also had them on a Mustang at another point, and it wasn't a problem. But you know what? In other seasons, it wasn't a problem because the season wasn't this hardcore. Mm. So mm -hmm. the real issue about driving a rear-wheel drive car in the snow in the winter is you have to have you have to have winter tires. I recently drove the same model of car, and there's more on this coming, the same model of car in the same 24 hours on really good all seasons. In fact, they were the Continental Extreme Contact all seasons and on uh, actual winter tires. In this actual conditions we're having in Utah this year, and the difference was profound. 
as far as how much better grip. And in both of those cases, it was an all-wheel drive. The only reason all-wheel drive is the answer is because you're dealing with a situation where you have a lot of ice and snow and major hills and you can't get going. But I'm going to preach this one more time, and that is once you get rolling, all-wheel drives are relevant. Because mm-hmm. everybody has to stop mm-hmm. the same way, and your drive wheels are irrelevant. So honestly, Traden, if I, I'm teasing you mainly, because if, if you really want to keep driving that car in the snow and we keep having snow like this, you need winter tires, and I bet you will find the difference profound. Dan Gleason says, how often do we both drive the cars of the past? Mm. When summer comes, I'll be driving it more. I'll be driving the 928 a bit more. Todd, uh, the 300ZX might uh, stay with you? I, I See, unfortunately, it won't. I mean, that's this is just yeah, financial realities. Yeah. I love the car. I don't really have the space or the financials to hang on to it. So at some point, probably in May or so, the 300ZX will get sold. I drove it just last week, though. Now, I'm not, uh, here's the thing. We, the, when we finished our South trip, it was roughly December. Mm-hmm, and so it didn't mm-hmm. get driven for a couple of months. We got, again, we've had this epic snow year. In fact, the place where I had it parked got snowed in for a bit. So there was no moving the 300 ZX. Oh, yay. Yeah, exactly. So that, even if I wanted to, it wasn't happening. But I actually drove it just last week. And I, and I like with those all-weather tires on, I like getting it out on those. Actually, those all-weathers might be an option for you trading. But anyway, the, the 300 ZX actually is still, I got in it again last week. I was like, this car is so great. It's awesome. I agree. Midwestern Watch Dude is asking the question no one's supposed to ask. <clears throat> Did you see this? I did. He says, with manufacturers moving toward hybrids, EVs, and low emissions vehicles, why are auto manufacturers not offering more small cars in the USA? They're offering less than they were 20 years ago. Why are manufacturers only making big trucks and SUVs? Isn't this counterintuitive? Midwestern watch guy, you're not supposed to ask that question. You're not supposed to apply logic yeah. that the big cars consume more. What are you thinking? No, the problem here is a, is a uniquely American problem. We don't buy small cars. We just don't. And there is a there is a connectivity, and I can go to another question here that relates. There's a connectivity between, well, if I want to be safe, I need to sit up high. I need to be able to bash through potholes, and I need to be as big as the guy next to me in case we connect, which is kind of deciding on your car from a place of fear, but I understand why it happens. So I can't have a smaller vehicle than the guy next to me because I want to protect the kids, so I need to get a bigger, even bigger car with even more airbags and the whatever. And also, we also as Americans, and I am I'm still pointing the finger at us too, we don't buy cars for what we need. We buy cars for what we might do one day. I might tow a house. I might buy a boat. You know what I need? What What if the, grand, the grandparents are going to come in at some point? We'll use the back row. So we buy cars for the eventuality of the thing we might possibly need. And this applies to sports cars. I don't need to go 200 miles an hour. In fact, I don't even know a place where I would go 100 miles an hour. But this car will do 190. This is how we buy. Yeah. So it doesn't lend ourselves yeah. to Miata thinking. Miata thinking is what you're talking about. If we all drove smaller, lighter cars, a Fiat 500, a Miata, a Mini, if this was the stuff we were all leaning into, then we would have less issues with all of these hybrids, EVs, and that kind of stuff. It would be more efficient again. We just don't shop that way. Speaking of small and lightweight, Sick Shirt Bro says that we should discuss the Wells Vertige or Vertigue sports car and why we need to start crowdfunding the cars that we want. Mm. Well, it's mainly because crowdfunding to the price of the cars, you might as well just wait till it's for sale and buy one. Sure. There's no guarantee also that that car will come to fruition even though you've paid X amount of dollars. Yeah, it's a lot to, to buy in on, yeah. The Wells Motor Company is very interesting. I was not aware of this. They're it's a cool-looking car. Really, 
I think fascinating. It's like an 1,800-pound little Miata kind of thing, but it's a hard top. It's a good-looking coupe. Yeah, it's a British mid-engine rear-wheel drive. It's got a Ford motor in it, Mm four-cylinder, and as of 2021, they're in production by designer Robin Wells, and they're interesting. I mean, apparently, the idea was that Robin wanted to buy a car, and there was nothing that appealed, so build the car yourself. But there's always... The rules and regulations that boutique small car manufacturers have to get around, and that is either in kit car form mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. I think it's a little bit easier in the UK, but doing it in the US is a bit tough because of all the crash standards. Yes. And the governmental standards. I mean, companies spend a lot of money. I mean, mainly the area that's around the A pillar and the HVAC system is the most expensive part on a car mm-hmm. to replace the firewall. Yeah. Yeah. Where the engine meets the transmission and the HVAC mm-hmm, and all the mm-hmm. stuff. And the, that's the, the part that has to protect the humans in an accident. Yep, yep. That is the most expensive thing to build and crash test and even change if they need to. Yeah. So you just do iterations. And once that's crash tested, don't touch that. I mean, that's why Danny Panos bought Mustangs yep. and just lengthened the chassis and essentially took that. That's why he was successful. He just yeah. bought the Mustang. It was already crash tested. We're good. Well, and, and, and that's the interesting thing about this Wells. Too. It's a beautiful looking car, but it, it looks like a car from the 60s. And I mean that as both a compliment and a detriment. Because think about this. If you read the safety quote from the Wells car, they acknowledge essentially that this is a car with a roll cage. Yeah. Because the steering wheel doesn't even have an airbag. I mean, this is this is a very simple car. Now, where what level of safety are you concerned about? Which leads me right here to this question, which is the Jason Bell on Instagram says, how much should I be concerned with safety? <laughs> okay, he says he loves the idea of getting a current generation Miata, the ND2 Miata, to drive two or three times a week, which includes a 50-mile round-trip commute. But then he gets paranoid about how small and light on airbags and other safety features it is as a convertible in a world surrounded by massive trucks and SUVs. All these questions are connected. I love it. He says he's a father, so he definitely wants to be safe. Is he overthinking it? Jason, Truthfully, I can't answer this question for you. You have to decide what your level of comfort is. And I've said this before. When I'm driving the Lotus and we're next to an 18-wheeler for a while because I can't get past it, there's somebody blocking me and there's somebody behind me and there's an 18-wheeler that just pulled alongside, I am hyper aware of the fact that car is tiny, especially when I'm driving it and my son's with me. I think, yikes. But nine times out of 10, and this is the way I drive that car, you have to drive it as offense, as a defense. I'm out away from traffic. I don't, I don't hang out in groups. I'm out away from traffic. I'm driving. I'm enjoying myself. Yeah, I can't see around people. I, par- I get up to a light behind a dually, and I'm just looking at his differential because he's that big. It is a consideration. I understand as being a father wanting to be safe, I get all of those things. Where is, where is your comfort level? And I want to relate this to sports. When you're 18, sure, I'll try that. That sport, I've never played that sport before. Oh, you know what? I'll just dive in and try it. When you're 45 or 48, okay, You still have sports you do. You've accepted the level of potential injury for the sports you enjoy and have done consistently. And the other sports, you're like, not trying that. This is kind of where (laughs) you are on cars. Do you, will you enjoy that car enough that you'll be like, you know what? I'm going to drive it and I'm going to enjoy it. Or is it going to be a car where when you're in it, all you think about is it's small. I hope you can try it. And honestly, the ND2 Miata, it's small, but it does have a lot of modern safety in it. Much more than my Lotus, for example, much more than older cars. I think it's a worthwhile thing to pursue. You could also look at the GR86. It's bigger. You could get kind of a a closer to that idea, but it's not a convertible. Porsche Boxster is another option, but you're going to have to really think about and maybe talk with your family about 
which one is overwhelming? The fun car feeling or the this is really little? The toxic hot dog says, how am I seeing brand new Mitsubishis with templates? I <laughs> can't recall the last time I've seen a Mitsubishi dealership. What is going on? He travels a lot for work, but can't say he's seen a single dealership. Do they even have enough models to have dealerships? Are they sold at Nissan? Well, I decided to go to Mitsubishi.com and nothing came up. <laughs> Yeah, actually, that, sound, that, that sounds like a joke, but Paul legitimately showed this to me. Mitsubishi.com, enter, brought up a blank, blank. web page. And then I thought, oh, wait, it must be something else. So I actually searched for it. Yes. And then I was wrong. It's MitsubishiCars.com, and that brings up. And you can search for dealerships. I've counted 23 in the U.S., so I think there's but, like 23 dealerships of any given other car company in California alone. But to the point of Mitsubishi.com, that's a huge company. Mitsubishi's been big. around a long time, and they make all kinds so, of things. You would think they would own Mitsubishi.com, and it would go somewhere. They do. The technicality is it's slash EN or slash mm. JP for Japan. You know, they, well, somebody there could do a redirect. <laughs> Mitsubishi.com should not they, result in a blank. They do own it, but you know, I, was, I, I had a good laugh. We, we had a good laugh over that one. So it's Mitsubishi Cars. So if you're looking, is anybody listening like, sweet, we're going to the Mitsubishi dealership, everyone. We're, we're not. What are they? Sadly, we're not. I, I did hear that they're talking about bringing back the rally art naming to put on the, the what is it, the Outlander? Are we driving SUV? the sticker pack again? Possibly. Possibly, yeah. Guys, thank you for all your questions. Really appreciate your support. Write to us, TV at Gmail for your Topic Tuesdays, your car conclusions, and most of all, your car debates. We, we love having you guys with us. Thank you for supporting the show. Thank you for engaging in what we do and how we do it. And we, we're going to keep sharing. Cheers, everyone. <laughs>